You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. Okay, our theme, you know, we began to look at over the weekend that that Dr. Connors brought that to us, is a theme that we can't get out of quickly. And on Wednesday, we just tried to, you know, do a review of what we began to learn, and we didn't even have enough time. But we just had a small conclusion from what we learned, and what we saw was that Matthew 6, 32 and 33 captures it. It says, after all these things, the Gentiles seek. He said, but your heavenly father, what? Knows that you need all these things. Now, the Gentiles are seeking it because it's a needed thing. But the Gentiles have no father like you. The Gentiles are spiritual orphans. So necessity is laid on them that they will pursue after these things. But you have God as your father. Am I right? This is what he says. But you that have me as your father, seek first the kingdom of God and what? His righteousness. And what will happen? All those things that the Gentiles are pursuing will be what? Added after you. That's why he says eternal life to those who by continual patience in doing good, seek for glory, honor, and immortality. Now, because today's thanksgiving um we're a bit constrained we, we might you know try as much as possible to touch the theme but i sense god wanting us to enter into an understanding you know i think it's appropriate because we just celebrated 20 years so this is the beginning of the journey that we make you know going forth from here so we're going to look at a few things concerning thanksgiving today and I trust that the Lord will also not allow us to go so far from the theme so that it remains in our consciousness. And I believe Wednesday and subsequent Sunday, we're going to get back to it. Praise the Lord. Is that fine with us? Okay, let's bow our heads as we go to the Lord in prayer. I want you to talk to the Lord. We, we've said today as Thanksgiving Sunday, Lord, I want to give thanks appropriately. I want to be in the place of thanksgiving lord your word says it is good to give thanks let me do that good thing today lord today open my eyes let me behold wonderful things from your word lord help me lord that i will not just say thank you that I will not just dance in your house. That I will not just enjoy and sing the music. But let my life, O oh Lord, Father, be sweet-smelling incense. Let my life bring you pleasure. Let me be able to be in that place of my master where you say, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Father, I thank you. Help this teacher, the preacher, to bring that word that I need to hear. Open my heart to receive that word. Let my life be changed. Thank you, Father, for in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, so this morning, the Lord was speaking to me. And he said that anything 
you and I say or do, any activity we are involved in, until we get the right, until we do it with the right understanding, with the right motivation, or with the right attitude, it says we will probably, most likely not achieve maximum benefits, even though we are carrying out such activities. You know, it's like, um, what do I used to do it? How many of us jog here? How many of us exercise? You exercise, you jog, praise God. Okay. No, keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. You jog, you exercise. Praise the Lord. Okay. How many of us earn money because we exercise? You exercise for leisure, for health. Okay. Praise God. I read somewhere where um, it was Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson was being interviewed and they said, we understand that you, by 5 a.m. or so in the morning, you're already running on the streets. He said he's running on the streets by 5 a.m. because he heard that his competitors are running by 5.30. And that if he hears they begin to run by 4, he won't even sleep. Praise God. So he's running with a mindset. He's running to beat his competitors. He's running because this run, he must run it. Praise the Lord. Now, today we are talking about Thanksgiving. And I want you to get the understanding that this Thanksgiving, the choir is going to help us to dance today. But assuming the choir refused to play, and there were no drums and no guitars and no singers and nothing like that, I want you to get the understanding that I must thank the Lord. Praise the Lord. Am I communicating? I want you to see why, (laughs) you know, the psalm says, it is good to give thanks to the lord it is good to give praises i want you to see why it is to your advantage it is in your interest it is to your benefit that you remain in the place of thanksgiving praise god in the u.s they just had thanksgiving you know which was thursday you don't need a national holiday to be in the place of thanksgiving Praise the Lord. You don't need the church to say last Sunday of the month to be in the place of thanksgiving. As you get this understanding, you see that thanksgiving is actually a weapon of warfare. Praise the Lord. God will give us understanding in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So we want to get to where we are not made to do it, but we cannot help but what? Do it. Praise God. Hallelujah. So we are ready. And I want to give you seven dimensions of thanksgiving so you begin to understand what we're talking about and the first one that i want to give you is the one that you know we are more accustomed with and it is the first one if you're taking notes it's called transactional post transactional post thanksgiving so this is the thanksgiving that we teach our children you know when an uncle comes an auntie comes and gives your you know child something what do you say to the child what do you say? The child says, thank you. So the uncle gives him something or gives her something. And he said to the child, say thank you. Now in Second Samuel chapter 22 from verse 1, we, we see what the Bible says there. It's actually the whole chapter. When you go home, you have time, you read it. It says, then David spoke to the Lord the words of this song on the day when the Lord had delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. This is thanksgiving that we give when we see what God has done for us. Praise God. 
So even the song we're singing, Jesus here, you have done what was impossible. It's that level of thanksgiving. He's done something for you and you're thanking him. Now, is there anybody here that God has done something for? Is he worthy of thanksgiving from you? Praise the Lord. You can say, thank you, Jesus. Hannah also, you know, captured that for us in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. We see Hannah herself. It says, and Hannah prayed and said, my heart rejoices in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. Why? I smile at my enemies. Why? I, because I rejoice in your salvation. Can you give us that in the message translation, please? Message says, Hannah prayed, I'm busting with God news. I am working on air. I'm laughing at my rivals. I'm dancing my salvation. Somebody is going to do that dance here already. Amen. Praise God. Now verse 2 says, nothing and no one is what? Holy like God. No rock mountain like our God. Hannah here is responding. You know what happened with Hannah? She had been barren for a while and her co-wife was always tormenting her. And now she's had a son. So everything that they mocked her about, God had brought deliverance. Praise the Lord. Anybody here that God has done such a thing? You see, for that, you and I must what? Give him thanks. However, that is first thanksgiving. That is what we do when God has done something for us. Praise the Lord. And I don't imagine there is any reasonable person here that should fail at that level of thanksgiving. I know that in one-on-one relationships, we have encountered people and sometimes we are those people that people do things for and because of what they call entitlement mentality, they're not sufficiently grateful. Do you know any such person anywhere? I think I've told us this before. Some time ago, somebody begged uh, uh, Momichi for money and she gave this man some money. And the man received the money and then started counting it in front of her. (laughs) You know, started counting it to be sure that, uh, <laughs> hallelujah. You know, they said it's only in Africa that people withdraw money from ATM and count it. Uh, hallelujah. Because uh, or your Mickey Mouse might have eaten some of the money inside the ATM. So that's the first level. Then the second level is still transactional. I don't even want to call it level, but just for the way we are taking it. The second level is still transactional, but this is a bit different in the sense that this transactional is not post. This transactional is pre. Is when something good is what? Is expected. This is the one that is captured in Philippians 4, 6, where it says, be anxious for what? Nothing. Okay, so instead of anxiety, the Bible says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplications. What do you now do? He said, with thanksgiving. So that your anxiety that should make you be depressed, he says, add thanksgiving to it. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. He said, with thanksgiving, he said, make your request known to God. And verse 7 says, and the peace of God. When does the peace come? Immediately you bring the thanksgiving. Praise the Lord, somebody. And somebody needs to shift to that. I'm going to give you an example. Second Chronicles 20, verse 20. Jehoshaphat was, you know, the king of Judah. And, you know, these three mighty nations surrounded him and came against him. And he looked at his army and he looked at his foes that had gathered against him. And he knew that there is no 
kind of military strategy that will save him and his people. So he besought the Lord in prayer. And in response to the word of God, this is what he said. So the Bible says, so they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Josephus stood and said, he said, hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. He said, believe in the Lord your God and you shall be what? Believe his prophets and you shall prosper. Now 21 says he appointed. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should what? Who should what? What did they need to do at that time? They needed to fight. It was a fight that was before them, but he appointed those who should what? Sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness. Had the battle been fought, had the victory been won, this is transactional pre-thanksgiving. You are thanking God because this thing that is ahead of you, you have said, God, you will do it for me. Anybody wants to thank God for something that is ahead of him now? I want to give you a second. Just tell the Lord, this thing that is, is causing me anxiety, that is being a source of worry to me, I exalt you. I praise the beauty of your holiness. I magnify you. They say, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever what were they saying they're saying god will not expire in my situation now he didn't expire before he's the same god he does not change he will handle this for me praise the lord somebody so we have done transactional post after we have talking about transactional pre. now the next one we do is um this other one is transactional post and this one is more interesting because a lot of us master this this is the one we do when something bad we will not have remembered god at all but something bad is averted you know how it is you drive in the city you travel all the time you go on the road and whenever you go and come back you say uh pujo naka mercedes na ride you know bmw they represent because your car is taking you and coming back but you now go on one of those journeys okay and those kogi goats you know run in front of you eh? and then then they affect your journey and then you know something happens and there was an accident and the car somersaulted when you return from that trip what do you begin to say you begin to say the lord is good the lord is good all the while nothing like that happened the lord wasn't that good to you are you getting it now? this is the thanksgiving we do post transactional so it is thanksgiving that we acknowledge when we see what bad thing we are delivered from and let me show you where the bible is psalm 124 from verse 1 you can actually put it to us let's read it it said israel said if he had not been for the lord who was on our side he said let the father's church now say if he had not been let, are we here he said if he had not been let's go back to verse 1 so we put verse 1 to as many as you can put for us he said, if he had not been for the Lord. We talked about the October 1st bombing in 2010. If he had not been for the Lord, who was on our side? We would have been the first casualty of bomb explosions in Abuja. But the Lord was for us. So let the Father's church now say, if he had not been the Lord, who was on our side? He said, when men rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us alive. When their wrath was kindled against us, then the waters would have what 
overwhelmed us the stream would have gone over so these things are happening but we are standing is there anybody here grateful that all kinds of things had happened they diagnosed cancer but the cancer is no longer there i'm still there they saw tumor but the tumor is no longer there i'm here they saw this and it's no longer there they say this will kill me the thing killed itself and i'm still here is there anybody grateful to the lord for deliverances for journey messes for flights that he took you through for wonderful 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 deliverance this is what we do when we sit back and we remember we say had it not been for the lord who was on our side can we just appreciate the lord so this is thanksgiving that we give him you know when we see when we now know what was averted for us praise god you know yesterday we were talking about the rain that was falling you know how the rain is doing this and that and immediately i say thank god it didn't rain last weekend that was our anniversary imagine what it would have done to our saturday program and what it would have also done affecting a few people on sunday so you look back and you say ah something happened you say oh thank god because like the songwriter says it's getting better how, how does that song says it could have been worse okay but it's getting better hallelujah now it, it gets more interesting this one now it's very important you learn it because i suspect quite a few of us may not know this one the first three are transactional what it means is that events and activities make you you know aware of them this one now you need your eyes to be open to understand it this one is not transactional it is positional let me hear you say positional in other words this one the way i have it here it says it is what it is hallelujah and to capture this i need to just get to that part in my bible so but please put some 100 on the projector it is what it is this thanksgiving is one that we do because it is what it is hallelujah now this is what the psalmist says here it says make a joyful shout to the lord all you it says serve the lord with gladness come before his presence with singing hold on what has he done that they told you to do all this he has done nothing no make a joyful shout to the lord all you lands okay serve the lord with gladness okay come before his presence with singing all this one that's saying they haven't told you he delivered you they haven't told you he would deliver anything but see why they told us that verse 3 let's read together he said know that the lord is what know that the lord is what if you know that the lord is god <laughs> you will make a joyful noise to him you will come before his presence with what we sing it if you know that the lord is god this one is positional it doesn't know which day of the week it is he's god and why that is so interesting is this it goes on it says it is he who has made us and not we ourselves okay i use cars a lot to do these illustrations you buy yourself a nice um no but you buy yourself a nice benz car you pay your money for the car but everywhere you go if that logo in front that Benz logo in front falls off you can buy it if the one at the back falls off you can buy it does it add anything to your enjoyment of the car do you know why you have that logo because you didn't make that car 
Benz made the car. Anywhere you drive that car to, that logo is saying it is Mercedes Benz that made this car. You bought it too, but it is Mercedes Benz that made that car. Now the Bible is saying it is God who made you, not you yourself. So every step you take, he should stop and say, Hallelujah, my maker. He stop and say, Hallelujah. That's why atheists, that's why scientists, that's why they're fighting to say that the world came out of a big bang because they want to deny their maker ask them so how did you come about they say they came about by evolution you say how did you evolve they say we evolved from mouse to cat from cat to monkey monkey to their father their father to their mother that's how they've been evolving but the interesting thing is that since knowledge has become clear they have not evolved though i get what i'm talking about it says the reason this thanksgiving is that he is the one who made us i like something message put there can you give us a message translation please there's a way he put it thank you let's read it together everybody he said know this god is god and god god he said he made us what's the next line we didn't make him we didn't make god he made us now when you understand some of those things it begins to help us in our relationship with him even for those of us that are mature believers because the tendency is to translate what happens in idol worship into the worship of the true god he said the idol people worship they chose it each land has the idol they choose to worship there are records of people who go to a place and like their idol and say i like this idol they take it and worship. they chose it okay now when you choose an idol to worship okay you have a right to expect that that idol will serve you it will do what you want it to do because you chose it assuming you carved it you paid the artist to carve it you made it you invested in it when you keep it in your house you wake up every morning and say kill my enemies you say do this for me do this you bought it it's your product praise god but when you come to god he made you you know what happens now when you go before god every morning you fall on your knees and say god you made me what do you want me to do today how do you want me to worship you today that's a complete difference that a lot of people don't understand so people go to church going to an idol unquote because they think that they made god and god exists for them no god made you and you exist for god your basic relationship with god should be place of worship place of surrender you bow down and surrender to him because he's maker you're made his creator your creation are you getting it very important thing that helps us so it says it is he who made us not we ourselves so also uh, some time ago we're talking about purpose so you don't wake up and say this is what i want to do what do you want to do you employ people in your office and they resume on monday and the guy resumes and says oh god this is what i want to do today what will you say to him who employed each other isn't it what do you say simple it is he who made us and not we ourselves. So because of this, there's a thanksgiving we'll give to him. And wise people don't fail in this position. It doesn't matter what is happening. They say, I bless God. Can somebody just bless the Lord here? Hallelujah. I bless God. This positional thanksgiving gets more interesting. For those of us who are in situations, I think every Nigerian is where I'm going to now. Come into Psalm 2. You see also why positional thanksgiving is essential in psalm 2 we're taught something there psalm 2 the bible says why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together 
against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cuts from us. Now, this is what they are saying. Now, the people who are saying this are not mean people. They are not little people. They are not people that actually ordinarily should be ignored. The Bible says the people, the nations, the hidden. Verse 2 says the kings of the earth. Okay, all the agendas, all the recently I learned something very interesting. I just mentioned it. You know, I hope we'll get time to deal with it. I learned that witchcraft and occult, there are different levels. And I began to see, I understand quite a lot. The man saying, say that witchcraft exists just to do wickedness. So witches, you know, they kill somebody, they do this and all of that. Those that they can kill who are not in the kingdom of life. But it says in the occult, they are not interested in just killing. They are interested in establishing the reign of Satan on earth. Very important. So when you see LGBT, it's establishing the reign of wickedness. When you see people passing laws that make it difficult for the righteous to prosper, that make it so that, you see, if you do right, you will not succeed. You have to compromise. You see that the occult is involved because they are servants of Satan. They are energized. They have an association. They are the world system. They work together to make sure that righteousness does not prosper. They make sure that if you want to prosper, you just have to be part of them and engage in wickedness. So you see them operating in the music industry. That's why it's difficult to find somebody in the music industry, you know, a man or let's say a lady who dresses normally. They have to be naked. They have to be selling pornography. Do you understand? You can't just come out and they let you make it. You have to take people to hell. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? That's the occult. The occult exists as a system. They're educated, they're in government, you know, they are professors and all of that. Their job is to make the kingdom of Satan to come. Praise God. So when you're busy dealing with, the only thing which can do is that they can, you know, they can kill mosquitoes and do all those small, small things. They really have nothing to do with the overall agenda of God. But the occultic ones are the ones that make laws. So you see a system operating and you're wondering, can these people think they are the ones that steal billions of naira and bury it in their house and die and they don't use it. So the only thing that that money does, it doesn't benefit them. It nobody be- the only thing is that hospitals are not built, schools are not built, roads are not built, people are dying. The a level of occult is institutional wickedness. That's what the Bible talks about when it says spiritual wickedness where? In high places. You meet somebody and you do what is right in that office. And the person hates you. Why does he hate you? Because you're doing what is right. But you know what? The least in the kingdom of Jesus is greater than the highest in any other system. Can somebody say thank you, Jesus? Because, you know, whenever they talk about the devil, I see fear in the eyes of Christ. Why should you be afraid? The Bible said he's underwear, under our feet. That's where he is. It's when you don't have understanding that you're afraid of him. If God opens your eyes, you see that when the Bible says that the name of Jesus, every new word. And you know what? Greater is it that is in you. You carry Jesus anywhere you are. But where we don't know, where there is ignorance, there is disobedience. But you and I will no longer be ignorant in the name of Jesus Christ. Okay? So, trying to explain this Psalm 2 and positional thanksgiving. Look at all the plot they have. Verse 4 said, he who sits in heaven, what does he do? He shall laugh. You know why? His throne is settled. God is sitting with all the rage that are raging 
he doesn't even stand up. You know why? He's Alpha, he's Omega. He's beginning, he's the end. He's their creator, he's their maker. Everything they're making noise with, he gave it to them. That's why when um, it was Herod that so threatened and threatened and threatened, he left him. He started making a speech and was making a speech. And the people started saying, this is the voice of a God, not of a man. This is the voice of a God, not of a man. God didn't allow Herod to go home. He was standing up, making the speech and died. No arrow was shot at him. Instead of his intense signs processing food, he started processing worms. You see, when a man hasn't fallen, God is giving him mercy. Not that he's tough. Praise the Lord, somebody. So it says, he that sits in heaven shall laugh. The Lord shall hold them in derision. We can look at the living Bible. Let's see that verse 4, the way he puts it. He said, but God, what? In heaven, merely what? He laughs. You know why? It doesn't move him. We said here, anybody ticklish here? Do I have any ticklish person here? Now, let me tell you. If you're ticklish, you know what tickles you? If somebody slaps you, it won't tickle you. What will tickle you is what cannot cause you harm. That's the wisdom in that statement. That this thing they're doing, they're just tickling God. It has no capacity to touch God in any way. Are you with me? So what is that translation for me? What does that mean to me? It means that whatever the enemy is planning against or whatever, whatever plot the devil has against our nation, against our family, against our church, he that we worship is enthroned over all and his kingdom will come and his will will be done and there's nothing the devil can do about it somebody give him praise somebody give him praise yes there's nothing he that sits in heaven he laughs at them and the next step is that he speaks to them in his wrath that's what he does so no need to keep awake no need to move yourself god is praise the lord so positional thanksgiving the next one gets more interesting it is relational let me say relational this one is modeled so much for us by our lord jesus christ i'm sure quite a few other people have that but for today we look at our lord jesus this is thanksgiving that is based on an established relationship it is a relationship that you're sure of it's a relationship that is unwavering and unequivocal now the way this relationship functions is that um you just almost take it for granted let me show you how this happens if i have to go to any other place i go to wussy market i go to all kinds of places if i'm going to any of those places on my own eh, i will arrange cash i don't normally take cash but my relationship with my wife over time i know that when she's by my side i don't need cash praise god you see the relationship over time so when we want to buy mangoes or you know all those things I just take it and I say, I don't even say, I just take it and what happens? She pays. Why? Because a relationship exists. I get to what I'm talking about. That relationship, I'm so sure of it. Now, Jesus models something for us concerning that relationship. At the tomb of Lazarus, when Jesus stood before the tomb, he said something here. John 11, 41. He said, Father, I thank you. That word, you always hear me what was jesus saying he's saying this thing i'm saying now he went for that to say this thing i'm saying now i actually don't need to say it too, but for the sake of the people here so it is it's a thanksgiving based on relationship 
that this one is my own. Praise the Lord, somebody. When you get to the understanding that God is your God, that you're never alone, you're never abandoned, you're never forsaken. You know, you, you're so sure. This is part of what Paul and Silas understood. So when they were locked up in jail and they, their feet were put in stocks, they didn't start praying. God, why now? I've been serving you. God, it was your message I was preaching. Have you had people pray like that? Have you prayed like that? Develop to this level where you never ask God that kind of question because you know time after time after time after time that he has never forsaken you nor abandoned you it is a thanksgiving based on relationship he said father i thank you that you always hear me he says i know you always hear me but because of the people now what i realized in my relationship with god is this that if you're doing what you should do you know as a child of god Walking, just loving God, serving God, doing the best that you can do. There are some troubles that come your way that immediately you should lift up your hands in thanksgiving. It may not appear easy, but you know what? Because of that relationship, you know that God is too faithful to reward your obedience with this kind of trouble. That's what happened with Jehoshaphat. The Bible says after Jehoshaphat had done all the things he did, he rebuilt the temple, he sent teaching priests all over the land of Israel. He wanted to please God. Then the Bible says there now came three nations. That's why it says praise the Lord for the Lord is good and his mercies are forever. When you get this understanding, you're going to see it. I take you to another scripture so quickly because of that. John chapter 6 will help us understand it now. In John chapter 6, where lord jesus did the miracle of the feeding of the multitude in verse 6 our lord jesus christ asked you know the disciple where shall we get bread that this may eat and six says something to us six says what this our lord jesus christ said to what to what to test him for he himself knew what he would do so there was a problem before them and jesus said let me bring the people in to where i am so he says we have a problem here. What do we do? How are we going to feed this people? And the people started calculating, running around and all of that. Quickly, go to verse 11. Verse 11 says, And Jesus took the loaves. And when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples. And the disciples to those sitting down. And likewise of the fish, as much as they wanted. I want to ask you a very you know, um, question, simple question from the two passages we read. When verse 6 said, he himself knew what he would do. What did he know he would do? Anybody, if you answer that, I will give you, I'll give you extra food on family fun day. What did Jesus know he would do? Sorry? He knew that his father never allows him in a situation. I heard the story, I'm sure many of us have heard that story. That one of the queens of England, one of the, you know, uh, former queens of England, I don't know which one, was a kleptomaniac. So, this queen... Whenever she enters supermarkets, you know, she'll just steal things and put in her pocket. Steal and put. Sorry? This, is it this la? Her mom. Thank you. So, you know what happened? So, anywhere this queen went to, uh, uh, palace aides will follow her. So that as she steals, they will pay. They didn't stop her from stealing, no. As she steals, they will pay. So, as she's stealing, they're paying. What has happened? Because 
of their capacity to overshadow her weakness. Her weakness seems to be a problem. So instead of people being afraid, let this stiff free queen not come to her place. They say, Queen, come and steal. Queen, come and steal. <laughs> queen, please come and steal from us. Because as she stole, they paid. The same thing Jesus is saying. Anywhere the child of God who has a relationship with the father finds himself or herself, know that your God is there before you. So when there was not enough bread to feed the multitude, he knew that the father had made a provision. So what did he do? He took the loaves and said, Father, I thank you. I know your provision is there. Sit down, start eating. He did not say, I multiply. He did not say, I command. No, he said, Father, I thank you because this situation does not take you unawares. Can you thank the Lord for where you are? Can you thank the Lord that fuel is 600 and something? We are buying this at 1,000 and something. He himself knows what to do. He just knows how to solve problems. Hallelujah. And I'm his child. Any child of God here? Say bye-bye. Thank you. Ah, if I could sing, I would have sang a she baba. Baba, baba, baba. Let's take that song. Baba, okay. Let's just, what a father we have in him. How many, how many are thankful that this father is that awesome? Bami loke. Hallelujah. Okay, that's all right. He himself knows what to do. If he knows what to do, what should you be doing? Thanking him. Let's put our hands together. Hallelujah. What are we learning? We are learning why you can't help but give thanks. Now, I don't have the time to go to that part of the message. But you know what spoils that provision of God? It's the opposite of thanksgiving. When we have time, you know, maybe, I don't know when God will have us. Murmuring and complaining scrambles God's provision. What did I say? Murmuring and complaining scrambles. The provision is there, but murmuring and complaining does what? Scrambles it. So, something happens. Instead of a blessing, trouble comes. You see? There's nothing, you know, when somebody's a thief, eh? when you have a staff or somebody close to you steal something from you and you accuse him and he stole it depending on how serious a thief the person is his responses will vary there are some that are real serious thieves that they say me me before you know tears are coming from their eyes and you apologize to them but they stole it too <laughs> you know there are some that are aggressive that will even rack you something happened some time ago i think i've told us this story you know, I sold one of my cars then in Lagos. And this guy, professional, he called me about 8 p.m. in the night in Lagos. It was a Wrangler Jeep then. And I think we sold it for one point something million, I can't remember. I said the person had brought some money that night. And I said, okay, tomorrow. And I said he's already on the way to my house. He was bringing half a million to my house by 8 p.m. in the night. Of course, 
You know I can't sit down and count half a million in the night with him. Once he brings it, I'll quickly hide it and ask him to go. So he brought this half a million in the night and left. The next morning, I now counted it and said to him, "Ah, this money is is not half a million. I think it was 400 or so. He said, you're calling me a thief? Again, now you're calling me a thief? That's how the matter ended. But I knew he was a thief. But how do you call a car dealer? Do you understand what I'm He's a thief because I didn't call you a thief. I just said the money is not 500. Simple thing. You can't ask the people who paid you. They said this money is not 500. But he's a thief. Professional one for that matter. Now, what am I trying to say? What I'm trying to say is, is the point I'm going, you know, is that when you accuse somebody who is innocent of wrong, there is no pain like that. And let me beg you wise. It's not every lady that your husband smiles at that he has something with. You can accuse a man into adultery. Do you understand? You can accuse a man into what is not in his mind. Do you understand? Just because you see the man laugh like he hasn't laughed before. You say, eh, my husband hasn't laughed like that. <laughs> Praise God. No, it's terrible. Accusing the innocent. Now, we are human beings and most likely when somebody accuses me or any one of us for even what we didn't do, if they investigate really, we can be guilty based on technicality. I get what I mean. But what about accusing God who always does good? God has never done bad. Then we now open our mouth and tell God, where were you? Where were you? Where was God? The omnipresent one? I get it. That's why complaining and murmuring is such a terrible offense before God. Don't do it. If anything, just hold your mouth. You know, Job didn't accuse God. Job was just saying, I shouldn't have been born. Ah, the day I was born, should he didn't accuse God. He said, yet in all this, Job did not accuse God of wrong. That was why deliverance could come for him. You can't tell somebody who always does good. Somebody who is looking at you. And the Bible says he knows the thoughts that he thinks towards you. That thoughts of good and not of evil. Then you accuse him of evil. It breaks hearts. It tears the person in pieces. Praise God. So, thanksgiving. In any situation, if you can capture that. Sit down before God. And say, Father you are good there must be something you're cooking up in this situation is somebody hearing me give him that thanks why because of the relationship praise god the sixth one the sixth one is revelational let me say revelational this one is very very interesting how many of us did um, in primary school at, at the point in primary school they taught us uh, critical thinking no, it's not called critical thinking. It's called greater than and less than and equal. Those arrows, right? So they say uh, five is greater than one. You remember that arrow they draw? Then they put one. Then they say one is less than. You know, they just put two things like that. And then they actually set it so that they infer something. We're going to a place that I want you to think, you know, prayerfully and understand. In Romans 8, verse 31. It's a passage we are familiar with, but we're going to process it today like mathematicians. 
In Romans 8.31, the Bible says, What then shall we say to these things? This is the question now. And what are we talking about? It says, if God is for us, what does it say? Who can be against us? If God is for me, who can be against me? Brethren, I've come over time. I don't know when it happened in my life. But I don't know enemies. Even if you're my enemy, I won't even know. I'm telling you, I don't. You know why? My enemy is inconsequential. You know why? God is for me. Some time ago, I had someone that I respected that was close to me. And he gave me an advice. Since that advice, I lost respect for him. He told me that, you know, pastor, you know this ministry thing there is somehow. But you see all these your pastors, all these your men, be testing them for loyalty from time to time. Just test this man. Just test them. I listened to him. I say, I've tested you now. How can I waste my time testing whether you betray me? What nonsense. If God be for me, who can be what? So I, I see a lot of people on social media and they say, my enemy, this one, this one. Whenever I see it, I just pity them. If you know that God is for you, every other person is playing for you. And this we know, that in all things, what happens? God works together for the good of those who love him. And that they call that according to his word. When you understand it, rise up and be my enemy. You will find out at the end of the day, you credited my account. You work for me. What then shall we say? That's, he said, think. I call it revelational, but it might actually be mathematical. If God the greatest is for you, who can be against you? But he didn't leave us there. Just like in mathematics, they give proof. The next verse, verse 32. They give us proof of the answer that we are getting. Let's read it to everybody. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. He says what? I can hear you. How? I can hear you. How shall he not with him, what? Freely give us all things. Do you know what we are reading here? Brothers, this is Christianity. A lot of people are not Christians. This is Christianity. He that did not spare his own son. That's what makes me a Christian. You know, I was looking at that thing when we begin to look at it as if God permits us. The Lord stopped me. That's Romans 2, 7. The, the Lord stopped me. The very first line says, eternal life to those. It said, leave all the seeking and the pursuing and all that. This eternal life is Jesus. Who? If Jesus was not incarnated, if Jesus did not die on the cross, if Jesus did not rise on the third day, no matter how much good I seek, you will not find it. Now the Bible is saying, he that did not spare. What does that word spare mean? It means he didn't save him. It meant that we were on a balance. And when Jesus, our Lord, said, Father, if this cup can pass from me, you know, but he says, nevertheless, not my way but yours. It meant the Father looked and saw Jesus, his son, here. And if, if he spared Jesus, if he withdrew Jesus, 
Ikena will burn in hell. If he withdrew Jesus, you will not be able to be saved. If he withdrew Jesus, the wages of sin, which is death, will surely come upon my head. If he withdrew Jesus, the adulterer cannot be forgiven. The murderer cannot be forgiven. The sinner cannot be saved again. But he looked at it and said, no, I will not spare my son. And he let his son go to the cross. And God made that decision for me. Then I come one day and I tell God, God, unless you give me a house, you don't love me. Lord, unless I marry, you don't love me. Lord, unless I have children, you don't. Lord, unless you give me breakthrough, you don't. Lord, prove to me that you love me by giving me breakthrough. Are you seeing it now? And he did not spare his son. That's what the scripture is saying. He that did not spare. And that son we are talking about is his only son. And is God, not just our kind of son. The only begotten of the father. He gave him up. He says, how shall he not with him? Freely give me. Give you. Can we rise on our feet? Give you. If he spared not his son, is it healing he will not heal you? Is it provision he will not provide for you? What is it he won't be able to do for you? What is it he won't do for you? The challenge, I don't have enough time to get. The challenge is that that scripture says, it says, how shall he not without him? Many people want the things without the son that the father gave. So you want the things, but you don't want the son. He said, read it for me. What does it say? He, how shall he not what? How shall he not how? With him, with him, with him. People want, how shall he not give you all things? That's what people are looking for. How shall he not give you all things? Anybody that speaks you a blessing that does not speak you Christ is a deceiver. And there are many like that. I prophesy. Receive a lot without Jesus. Now why you? Take that healing now. The anointing is on me. It's moving me. It's moving me. It's moving me. 419. How shall he not with him? It means I don't need to lay hands on you. If I give you Jesus, everything package that Jesus carries comes to you. How shall he not with him? When I come to your house, I don't bring kidney to your house. I bring myself. When I come, when I'm in your house, my kidney is in your house. How shall he not with him? If you have Christ, he that had the son had life. He that had not the son is being deceived. Dan Gote does not have the son. He has money. He's empty. Jeff Beckers or whatever his name. I mean, anybody that does not have the son does not have life. But he that had the son had life. You have the son. Until you catch the revelation of the gift of the son the devil will pull you out of the son because you're pursuing things (laughs) you will come out of jesus because you're pursuing things but when you have a revelation of the son like the scripture says the kingdom of heaven is like a man who found treasure in a field and for joy over it what did he do he sold everything that he had and bought that field because of the treasure when you hold on to jesus father we thank you father we thank you i want you to begin to thank the lord 
I want you to begin to thank the Lord today. I want you to go to the Lord and thank him that he did not spare his only son, but gave him up for you and I. He allowed Jesus to hang on the cross. He allowed Jesus for once in his life said, my father, my father, why hast thou forsaken me? And the father didn't come to deliver him. Why? Because someday I will cry, Jesus, save me. And the father will come and the son will come and save me. If Jesus was responded to by the father, you will not be heard today. Your voice will not go anywhere. But because God ignored Jesus, today you and I can be heard. Thank God. He who loved you and gave himself for you. You are more blessed than you can imagine. You are more privileged than you can know. I said you are more privileged than you can know. God is looking from above and he's saying look at my son. Look at my daughter. Look at her. Look at her. He says I'm working. I'm working. I'm working. I'm working to present you to myself. A glorious church without spot nor wrinkle. And God says I make all things beautiful in his time. You wanted it last year but God said you're not ready for it. I'm cooking it for you. When it's ready I'll serve it to you on a plate of gold. Why? Because I'm the one who began the good work in you. And I'm faithful to walk my walk unto the very end. Is somebody hearing the voice of the lord here so today i want to make a call jesus is the gift of god you're born again i want you to press in into that gift. this is november you actually could have been hearing a sermon telling you that god will do it before december but god has done it in christ already you just need to press in in christ because he knows what he will do he knows what he will do father we thank you father we thank you jesus i want jesus the rest of us we are talking about thanksgiving praise the lord i want you to we're talking about that understanding and i want you to do something today the bible talks about all manner of prayer this prayer you are going to pray is a prayer of thanksgiving and we'll start from the last to the first i have jesus i have jesus I have Jesus. Do you have Jesus? I have Jesus. I have the Son Himself. You know the, the word that is going on in Gaza now, between Gaza and um, Israel. The only thing reason why Israel had been hesitant to drop, you know, a major bomb on Gaza is because they have some Israelis with them. You have the Son. Let me tell you what is happening in your life. Everybody who has it. The attention of angels. The attention of heaven is on you. You are not. You cannot be forsaken. You cannot be abandoned. It's impossible. It is impossible. You have Jesus. So this morning, somebody that is born again. Somebody that has Christ in him. That's why the Bible says Christ in me. Is the assurance, the hope of glory. You have Jesus in you. So there might not be money in your pocket, but you have Jesus. Ah, katila tala do 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 You have Jesus. Everything, everything will fall in place. Everything will fall in place. Everything will fall in place. Are you hearing me? 
everything will fall in place everything will fall in place that's why it says that grace and peace may be multiplied to you in the knowledge everything will fall in place as you discern who you have you need to get up in your spirit man and say i'm blessed i'm totally blessed i am loved by god i have a future i'm going somewhere you you need to stop me because i i can't stop telling you about the blessedness of my lord and savior he makes everything so beautiful he makes all the difference he makes all the difference lord i thank you lord i thank you if there's a question are you sick in the body just say i have jesus i have jesus by his stripes i'm healed i have jesus are you in need of a solution in a difficult situation i have jesus he says i am the way i don't just make a way i am the way are you bound by some habits that are holding you bound and you feel you can't break loose jesus is the deliverer the bible says he whom the son sets free shall be free indeed i have jesus does somebody have jesus here i have jesus i'm not forsaken i'm not a failure i'm not depressed how can i be depressed when the source of joy when the prince of peace is dwelling in me i have jesus tfc we have jesus for 20 years he's been with us he has never failed us yet he has never abandoned us yet he has never forsaken you yet as a family you're here it doesn't matter what you're trusting god for is jesus in that house with you is jesus in that business with you is jesus in that body with you is jesus on that journey with you is jesus in that situation with you is jesus in that venture with you then you need to jump up on your feet and give the lord a shout of praise been listening to a message by Pastor Ikenao Keke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-1588404. You can find us online at www dot the father's church online dot org god bless you